0: My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. This weekend, Hannah and I went to our first Haitian wedding. We've been in Haiti for a year and five months at this point, and have participated rarely in large Haitian ceremonies. I had never been to a funeral or a wedding, and the reason is obvious, everyone knows it. With coronavirus, just like in the U.S., large gatherings were discouraged for months, and then when violence rose, few had interest in a large attention-attracting event. Like many Americans who had weddings in the last year, the IT employee at our clinic was married during the pandemic in a small event with eight people. But coronavirus cases have been low for nearly a year now in Haiti, and despite insecurity, people want to continue with their lives. This Saturday, we had the first public marriage in over a year for a Les Poitiers Clinic employee. It was at the same time distinct from, but also similar to, a U.S. wedding. A wedding is also a good time to remember that Haiti has both moments of sadness and heartbreak, but there are also moments of great joy that are common to all of us. I want to tell you about the groom and his wedding. The wedding was for Claerson, one of the drivers of the clinic. An American might not understand what the importance of a driver is, or why our clinic even needs them. In the U.S., we don't really have drivers for most businesses. In Haiti, though, you cannot function without them. Foremost, we need drivers because most employees can't drive. We have 50 employees at the clinic. To arrive each day, 84% use public transportation in the form of tap-taps, which are converted pickup truck buses. Only five employees take their own car to work. And driving on Haitian roads takes a lot of skill. I rarely ever drive myself. Roads are unpaved, motorcycles are everywhere, pedestrians pop out constantly. What's more, much of our work is in the mountains, where roads are barely existent and require four-wheel drive. So yes, few employees are able to drive, but this further combines with the fact that the clinic has a constant need for supplies and a lack of any real delivery system in Haiti. Until you work in administration at a clinic, you really don't realize the amount of goods that are needed to keep it running. Gloves, syringes, medicines, vaccines, nutrition food, toilet paper, on and on. And Haiti has no Amazon. In fact, there's no postal service, period, in the country. If you want to purchase anything, you need to drive around Port-au-Prince to find it, dealing with stock shortages in each store you visit. Add that to 9 to 10 trips to the mountainous regions every month, and our drivers get a lot of work. But Claerson especially has gone above and beyond his job description. In the mountains that surround our city, we have 24 midwives that live in little communities. Because most women, 98% by our last survey, give birth at home, the midwives have sterile kits that allow women to have a relatively clean birth. But they're also trained to recognize birth problems or or things that might turn into problems and call the clinic to help bring the woman to the hospital if needed. Claerson was born in one of these little communities, a little, little place called Boozy. He went to the mountain school and finally ended up moving to the city to become a driver. Dozens of his family members remain in the mountains. And so Claerson is usually the driver that is called upon when women are having emergencies in labor. Last year, it felt like almost every week, Claerson was being called in the middle of the night to fetch the car, drive across Bouquet, and up the mountain roads in pitch black darkness. The pregnant woman would be carried to a drop-off point, and as the car came over the rise, the headlights would shine on the woman and her family waiting in the darkness. The family would help load the woman in the back of the land cruiser, and Claireson trundled back down the mountain. He would then go hospital to hospital until he could find one that had space. On one memorable night, Claireson had to give birth to a baby boy with his fellow driver Andrenor in the back of the car as they were searching for a hospital that would take the woman. This kind of work sounds heroic, but that doesn't really do it justice. Aside from the dangers of mountain roads at night, driving through the streets of Bouquet at two AM in the morning it's terrifying. Most of us try never to go out after dark. Each time, Claerson was putting his life in his hands. And so, when Claerson invited the staff at the clinic to his wedding, I was honored. The invitation was just like any American wedding, his parents inviting us to a celebration for his son and new wife. The wedding was early in the day, to avoid all of us being out after dark. We have lived in Haiti long enough to know that the wedding would not start at the appointed 10 a.m. So we drove up to the Baptist church at 10.30, still one of the earliest arrivals. The church was spacious, built in a concrete version of a small cathedral, a style that's very common in Haiti, the tall ceilings allowing the heat from the congregants to rise and cool off the participants below. We took our seat with a group of clinic employees present to see one of our own enter a new chapter. All the employees were in suits or dresses, despite the 90-degree heat. After waiting a short while, Claerson arrived in a smart suit and white gloves, his face serious and ready. He took his place at the altar, surrounded by his groomsmen. A glance around the sanctuary told me that it was filled with his relatives and friends from the mountains, all dressed and excited to celebrate their hometown hero. Suddenly, in the back of the church, a young woman appeared in all white, complete with a veil. It was the moment we had all been waiting for. And yet, apparently it was not. It was simply one of the bridesmaids. What followed was a processional of four bridesmaids, all decked out in white wedding gowns, slowly walking down the aisle to Christian music. No one seemed the least perturbed by the color of the dresses. Eventually came the real moment. The bride appeared at the back of the church with her father. In contrast to every American wedding I've ever attended, each attendee stood up and rushed around her. It was a circle of family and friends, all with phones taking photos. She slowly made her way down the aisle, and Clareson walked out to meet her. They met in the middle of the aisle, a small couple surrounded by a chaotic sea of well-wishers hoping to get a glimpse. Clareson took his gloved hand and led his soon-to-be wife back up to the altar. Now, the ceremony was longer than an American ceremony, but not by much. There was the familiar reading of 1 Corinthians 13, and the same familiar vows, just spoken in Haitian Creole, to promise to have and to hold when life is good and when life is bad. Hearing these phrases I have heard a hundred times, spoken in another language, had more of an effect on me, and I reflected that a marriage in Haiti has to be strong, to be able to protect the family in weather times that can be both very good, but also very bad. After the ceremony, many of us employees came up to the altar and took photos with Claerson and his new wife. There was no formal photo session that often whisks away the bride and groom immediately following the ceremony. The couple was simply allowed to mingle and be congratulated by their friends and family. We hugged them and smiled and walked back out of the church into the bright Haitian sunshine. Claireson was happy. The last two years have been hard in Haiti. It can be seen on the faces of all our employees every day. But in a wedding, we got a moment to forget and celebrate. Even Claerson, who had spent the last year risking his life, was able to be celebrated by his coworkers and his community. Sometimes in the US, we're often tempted to think that life in Haiti is simply drudgery. There's no denying the hardships faced by everyone, but drudgery is not the word I would use. There are daily moments of levity, jokes, and laughter. There are celebrations of marriage with no mention of political violence. There are nationwide holidays and lots of music. If you think that Haiti is all sadness, you would be confused spending time with a group of Haitians all laughing together. There is joy and sadness, marriage and funerals, death and births. Haiti, and every country in the world, is more complex than we really imagine. And in a dusty church, we were simply able to celebrate. Thank you for listening every wednesday morning we publish a new narrative from life here we would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in haiti but haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history and there are many haitian voices that can tell the story of haiti in all its facets and we encourage you to seek them out as we made this episode some names have been changed to protect confidentiality if you enjoyed the show tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts thank you and god bless